All right. You ready? I'm ready. You were born ready. I can see that. Yeah, I came out of the home <laughs> ready. <laughs> hey, folks, I've been looking forward to this latest uh, Denny Artachi Show podcast. I have a great guest, a very inspirational guest, Miss Dawn Vasquez. We have some things in common. One of them is our, our heritage, which I can't believe it. We're both... Yes. We're both our families from Puerto Rico, and my dad grew up in Bayamong. But, you know... I told him we're probably related. (laughs) We might be related. Uh, You know, I I had uh, requested your friendship some time ago. You're so busy. But it took a a friend of ours, a mutual friend, Desiree Vega, to to connect us because your story is inspirational. I want... I, I love to interview different people. I know you think I had a great, fantastic, interesting life. I don't know. <laughs> Your life is one that's amazing because I don't know what it is that you have. We're, we're going to choose our words wisely. But you have an ailment that, that most people would have thrown in the towel. And look at you. You're yeah. sitting here vibrant. You're happy. You love life. And you literally live each day. Like it matters. Oh, 100%, yeah. Have you always been like that? Yes. Even before? Even before. And I think it comes from being raised by a very young mother. Okay. And not wanting to be the next statistic. You know, I've been on my own since right out of high school. And for me, it was more of a mission to do things differently because I saw her struggles. So you grew up without the head, the, um, the well, father no, figure there? Or? No, I grew up with both of them. Okay. But them being so young, sure. I did a lot of things with the grandparents, spent a lot of time with the grandparents. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so for me, I think it was more just, because you have to remember back in those days, interracial marriage was literally just made legal two years before I was born. Sheesh, and the world both we, family, right? Yeah. And both families um, were very uh, affluent in everything politics when one owned a store a general store which was you know a huge thing back then oh my god a puerto rican family that owns a general store um it's funny (laughs) how we make that like you know a a front page um so for me it was always just about i want to do things different for myself you know so your your mom is the irish person is that okay yeah yeah my uncle had a a general store in in uh, comerio puerto rico Mm -hmm. so okay for those out there listening, because think about it, we we get upset that someone cuts us off in traffic or the line's <laughs> too long at the supermarket, yeah. and I try and live a life of perspective. Yeah. What is it that that what is it that you got or were diagnosed with? How yeah. long ago was it that it happened? Yeah, it's actually a connective tissue disease. Okay. It's very rare. Less than a hundred thousand of us in the world have it. That's how rare. Um, I did pay the three grand to find out that it was given to me by a parasite. I used to do a lot of fishing with my grandfather. I grew up fishing, grew up on the boats, and I was deep sea fishing in Costa Rica. And when he he actually told me, was I in this region of Costa Rica? (laughs) As I'm I'm laughing now, I was actually laughing then because I was like out of all the people. And the biggest question I got afterwards where people were like, oh my gosh, you know, like, would you change it? And do you regret it, you know, and that lifestyle? And I said, you know what? Uh, I still eat sushi to this day. You can't live in fear. You know, am I somebody that got this very rare illness? Yes. But would I change the memories and the stories and that How time long ago was life? it that, that it uh, happened? Literally a month after my 40th birthday. And I'm 51 now, so. So 11 years ago, yeah. and when you got diagnosed, this is the part that just, blows me away your doctors basically said hey you better get your stuff in order uh, oh yeah he you're, was about, yeah you're he, done in like a year or two right he he was um in his defense uh dr jimenez was <laughs> not not that she's naming names <laughs> <laughs> do not go to dr jimenez he's retired now <laughs> but actually you know what he, you know, he did give me um, the only drug that I am still on, so okay. I have to credit him for that. However, I will discredit him by saying that a lot of the things that he left me with that day could have killed me, literally. Because, for example, when I turned around and said to him, 
And back then, I was very, I was working on the island and in, in doing um, commercial construction. In Palm Beach Island, right? right? In Palm Beach Island. Okay. So it was a very different world for me. Get up in the morning, grab coffee, grab the muffin, work the 16 hours, do CrossFit. Very different lifestyle. I thought crystals were just sparkly. I wasn't into yoga because I'm Christian, so I don't practice it. It was a very, very different lifestyle. So then when I was diagnosed, I said to him, should I start doing maybe those green drinks? I, I keep seeing all these people doing this green drink. No, nutrition has nothing to do with it. Really? Um, right. That was his response to things. And then I said to him as we're leaving. But the whole point is he kind of told you that, hey, get your affairs in order. Literally. That was 11 yes. years ago. Yes, literally so he said you, to us. So you, in our conversations, which folks, I wish... We would have recorded our conversations <laughs> in our in our other green room. Yeah. Uh, you started researching, changing your diet. 100%, yeah. And I can't believe you told me that one of the ways to let your body recuperate is by cycling for like 20 miles or so. <laughs> Is that what you really do? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, now, again, now in the beginning years, I have to tell people um, this is a lifestyle that is not easy for people to stay disciplined to. Um, in my case, it was a lifestyle I had to stay disciplined to, and it wasn't something that came easy. I mean, if it wouldn't have been for my mother and um, she really, between she and my father, they were my backbone because in the beginning stages, it was extremely difficult, and my mother was there with me with every treatment. Um, so I mean, there what were times that were <laughs> not easy. Before you got diagnosed, you just yeah. felt like you were like tired. I mean, no, actually, what happened was I was living in Connecticut. Oddly enough, and this is sometimes how God works. Um, I had a couple of homes in Florida. I had gotten married. He had a couple of homes. Okay. Um, we sold all of our homes because we had gotten word that we had to do a transfer for his job. He was a software developer. So I remember saying to him, I am not getting a third state license. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Florida is the number one most difficult state license to get because of all the fraud. Um, okay. And I just didn't want to repeat doing all the schooling for that. And he said, well, why don't you just do your, your first passion, which was photography. Um, you know, as I had shared, as you actually had shared doing my research on me, some of the things that led me to be behind the camera, in front of the camera, whatever. Um, I said to him, you know what, I'm going to do that. And um, that's actually when the symptoms first started coming on. I was, I was doing a wedding. Okay. And, uh, and I was working with the camera. And all of a sudden... Mm -hmm. My hand, when I took it away from the camera, was frozen in that position. And I thought to myself, what the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you immediately have that reaction of what's going on, but I chalked it up to, I'm going from Florida to Connecticut, I'm going from 80 degree weather and 100% humidity to 20 degrees. So your brain immediately just starts discounting things. And I thought, I mean, that, you know, that could be anxiety, could anything. be the climate well, change. I don't have anxiety. I'm not one of those that ever gets depressed or anything like that. So uh, I apparently, knew, yeah, yeah. So I knew it was more, I was blaming it more on the environment. Okay. And just taking myself into a different environment. Um, they were, it took six specialists and a Dr. Doolittle because they kept saying, oh, it's probably just carpal tunnel. I said, I did 13 years, <laughs> you know, doing nothing but being on the computer, writing, maybe that is it. You know, you immediately think, okay, maybe they're right. But my gut, and this is yeah. what I want to tell people, listen mm. to your gut. My gut kept telling me it's not this, it's something, it's something worse. And that's what led me to say, okay, I hear what you're saying. Not that I don't believe you, but in finance, we used to have a joke. It's not that I don't believe your finances, but I don't believe your finances. So I will now <laughs> well, let me be see the balance forensically sheet. accounting your finances. And that kind of mindset is what saved my life because I kept going to the next doctor. And I just was not happy with what I was hearing. And it was actually my family doctor from when I was a kid that said to my mother and I, my God, I hope this isn't what she has. But if it is, then she needs to be in Philadelphia at the only hospital in... Who deals with in, it. Exactly. What is it called? Scleroderma Clinic. It's diffuse systemic scleroderma with interstitial lung disease and Raynaud's. So, um, okay. yeah, it's a I mouthful. Try and say that uh, real fast uh, <laughs> a couple of times. Essentially, so, it just means that the organs are trying to be smothered by way of the connective tissue, uh, literally just trying to connectively... And it was the, from uh, it was from diving and being exposed. Yes, eating this. Uh, I imagine I got it from the sushi because I oh, was uh, fishing. Sheesh. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, 
that's just it, and that was 11 years ago yeah. you didn't accept you're you're a spiritual lady yeah 100% i was you know praying. it keeps you going yeah church uh, doubled up on you church. have <laughs> man you've done a few things you had a successful yeah. modeling career too Yes, I mean, that, to be honest with you, that actually, those were some of the things that kind of helped me to get through this. Yeah. Because I had been modeling, which again, just was a fluke thing. I was kind of a tomboy growing up, being raised, you know, between the woods and the city. <laughs> I'm and, sorry, uh, <laughs> but most people in the modeling business could look at you and go, yeah, I think she'd be a good candidate for me to photograph. Um <laughs> So sorry, well, that's, you know. That's actually what happened. It was, uh, it was my mother. <laughs> she was working um, very successful in sales, working with a company yeah. in California. And it was one of the men that was in her office that okay. saw a Polaroid on her desk and said, you know what, my brother's an agent, and I think and your daughter has it. something. And okay. my mother actually, uh, she didn't even tell me about it until the agent saw the picture and accepted it because she didn't want to even get kind of my hopes up or whatever. And, uh, and the next thing I knew, two weeks later, she's throwing me a going away party and I'm in California modeling. <laughs> but you, you said so. to me in my office that you really didn't like the modeling I didn't world, at all. Right? In was fact, it? I, yeah, I, I actually got out of my contract. Yeah. Hey, was it because of how they talked to you, treated you? or All, they, of, the, all of the above. My the, personality is too strong. Yeah, they, I, they um, don't like anyone with an IQ north of 100, uh -huh, do they? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, especially in my day, because I was modeling back in the 90s uh -huh. uh, and the late 80s early 90s and things were very different back then was the know? money good um the money was good um, uh, that's money, good you know i mean it definitely <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hurt right um yes, but there were some projects that i didn't take um that i probably could have did a lot better because my dad was one of those that was very particular on where his daughter would be seen <laughs> oh my god a puerto like rican that. dad yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah be careful how you yeah. look at my girl okay <laughs> 100%. So then, then you 100%. get into you're in Palm Beach Island. You're yeah. uh, you're a developer in construction. Or, uh, um, what the, was it? Uh, yes, it was actually when you had a builder yeah. that looked at a plot of land and said, "You know what? I want Frenchman's Creek to be here." What a lot of people don't realize because they come in later and they just want to buy that home. They walk through the models and they yeah. just buy the homes. They don't realize. That builder doesn't just get the money out of thin air. They come to somebody like myself and they say, "Finance this project." So I. Would, so here yeah. you here you come into a a, a room full of <clears throat> dare I say potential misogynist guys, <laughs> looking the way you do. And what'd you say? You said okay, you've got five minutes to. Uh, well, that, and this is how you would dress, office, right? Yes, in the office, the running joke was <laughs> I would never wear a dress. Never wear a dress. And I never wore. You know, I always came in in a suit and pants, and I would walk in, and we had you know like you have your boardroom. Yeah. Have, we would have the boardroom. Yeah. Just the same. And I'd look at the guys, you know, and I'd say, I'm going to give you five minutes. And they'd look at each other like, five minutes? And I'm like, yes, five minutes for you to get through this, get over this, so we can start talking about this. Take you take so you can the numbers. Take me seriously, right. Yes. So you also, it, it's a crazy world. I, I, we could spend hours talking about how nuts this world is. But you also help and empower women. You have yes. mm -hmm. uh, gatherings that you do. Yes. You you did a pot you did have a podcast, but it because wasn't even of a podcast, it was actually a live show that I did, and I went to a studio in Boca, yeah. and we had a lot of plans for that show, and then I actually brought it up here and did live shows here. Um, it was called Real Talk. It was called Real Talk with John because I wanted to actually interview mm -hmm. other business people, sure, and show women and men what was possible. That it's not so much about you know who you know as it is to say to yourself, maybe it's that I don't know, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. So in other words, like I'll give you an example. I had worked with a guy that was trying to do a brewery. I had made my connections on Palm Beach Island already to the point where I could call them and say, I've got somebody coming over. Could you make time for them? Where they would have been like, you know, anybody else, they would have been like, no. And I made the appointment for this gentleman and he never showed. And then I was thinking to myself, oh. okay, what is happening here? Like, I just made all my calls, my contacts. You know, now you're like, now my reputation is kind of on the line. And he said to me, he goes, Dawn, you know this finance stuff inside and out. I know how to make beer. And it was in that moment that I saw the value in what this show could do for people. Because I realized, especially for men, 
it's hard to be vulnerable and talk about the areas of business that you don't understand. Oh, I'm very vulnerable. We'll talk about <laughs> that. Um, and very open to market myself as, as I work to market myself right. with my you business. You need a business strategist, which and is primarily it, Correct. What I do. And so many people, they're looking on social media and different ways of marketing. It's not the old days of the TV commercials and the right. radio 100%. shows. But I think uh, for me, I like to tie it all in together. My musical background... Yes, I love finance and everything, right. but I also like this show as well. And I think people like to see different sides of right. a business person, not just the old thing was you just do one thing and that's all you focus on. And right. I don't believe that's how life People is. need transparency. There's yeah. too much now with social media where they're going to find out about you. So you <laughs> might as well be transparent about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it there. there's the, the little thing called the internet. Yes, and, um, 100%. But for me, the reason I did the shows was because the second time this illness tried to get me, um, as I was explaining to you, yeah. uh, my faith is so important to me that I saw Jesus. And some people might be like, oh, yeah, right, she did whatever. And that's fine if you don't believe. But for me, when when he came to me, I made the promise. And I said, you know, if you allow me to get through this. Now, this was when you had one of these slipping out of conscious yes. episodes, yes. right? you go in and out of consciousness just because, obviously, once you're so sick, <laughs> yeah. as small as I already am, sure. um, it, 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 that's what happens. You know, um, For many people, it's like passing out. For me, it's a little bit more than, than passing out. So when that happened to me, in that moment, because prior to that, I wasn't giving of service as much as I am now. I was giving of service in, this, in the sense that I was being sponsored and I was being promoted by other people and doing things just for myself externally. When this happened this time, I said to him, if you get me through this, I will promise to be the gift and give the gifts of service. To, to make others. This place, yes, to make this place yeah. a better place to live and to empower women and show women that they don't have to suffer. That they can get through. But why anything. do they suffer? Because they have idiot guys who treat them like unequal? I mean, what, what no, is I the deal? No, I think it's core beliefs. I think it's core, core beliefs. Core beliefs on whose side? 100%. On themselves. Themselves. Self-esteem, in other words. 100%. Core. Okay. Many women that I've worked with that are very, very intelligent women, women that have made tons of money, um, a lot of times when I say to them, let's do this, let's do that, I have to dig a little bit deeper to find out why they are afraid to What's do that. What's holding them back? Because to me, I always say, it's not that you're getting angry at me. It's that I'm triggering something that you're afraid to actually talk about. And then once I get to that point, give you a perfect example. I worked with a singer, since you're a singer. I think I just found my new manager, coach, and partner, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Well, here she, here she was in a We got to think big. L.A., New York, Chicago. That's we got to make our own. We got to enforce it, okay? We got to think big. Oh, my God. Well, that's the thing. It's funny you say that because I had said to her, why on your social media do you have nowhere that you're an award-winning singer? That you've yes. actually been a backup singer for some well-known singers. And it was a, a core belief being a child. And she said, when I was young, I was always, I grew up in that era where you were told not to speak. Just sit, be quiet. Oh, sheesh. So, I, you, I, know, I didn't, listen. I'm I didn't, the bear. I bring I, out their inner I bear. didn't do it because I didn't think anybody cared. And I, I'm blessed. And that's a core belief that someone like It is believe. a core belief, right. So yeah. uh, I can see that we're going to have many discussions, you and I. <laughs> Because my broker dealer and my producer, they're all, they all have a marketing background. So even in my bio, I sent to you that I've been quoted on many publications, AARP, Investors Business, and, and my background in music. Again, I didn't think anybody really cared, but I'm wrong, and I don't mind being wrong. I'm wrong yeah. often. <laughs> That's the fun thing about being alive. Well, you have to remember, though, it makes you so relatable, and for a lot of people... <laughs> They is that wanna, what I? You know, they want to be. You did say we're um, related, so or we could possible, be related. We could be. We could I don't be. know. I'm going to have to ask my family members. Uh, <laughs> the but ancestry, that, the ancestry. That's really awesome. How often do you get together with the women's group? Well, I actually, when I created these groups, mm -hmm. I said to myself, I would do maybe one every quarter. Okay. I did one. And then it was um, so well received, and I have to thank my co-host who went on with me to, to help me kind of back up the science um, for the people that necessarily weren't as godly as I am. 
um, Alessandra Locke, who just had a baby. So congratulations to her. Congratulations. Um, you know, so I said I would do them like once a quarter, and that one was so successful. I did another one just two and a half months later. So um, for right now, I have some other projects that are coming up. So I hope to do them more, and we're talking about possibly maybe like April. I said, you know, I don't want to be in everybody's face too often. You know what I mean? Like, but give people some time, some space. You have the holidays right now. I think you know? uh, your next meeting, I should, you know, kick off the first 15 minutes, <laughs> sing some nice <laughs> Sinatra some music, and <laughs> just be relaxed. Okay. And I would love to, because um, I... I do as much public speaking as I can. I mentor mm -hmm. students. Yeah. And I I think a life of giving back is one that's worth living. Because think about 100%. it. That's where you get a life of service. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I don't know. We'd be, yeah. uh, I, I don't know what we would be. We'd be a rock on an island and wouldn't yeah. care about anybody. And what kind well, of I life is tell, that? Yeah. And I always tell people, look, you know, I had money. I had the homes. I had the cars. And for me, what I realized was the money gives you convenience, not necessarily happiness, because as soon as you buy the car, it's great for about a month. You love it. And when, when younger women that I talk to get so impressed by the things that they see other people have and that envy sets in and they have that, that want, I said, that's a very slippery slope because you have to remember it's also a perception. When that person can actually say, well, I own my home with no note or I own my car with no note, then maybe, yes, you can be a little bit more impressed. But I always try to tell young people, a lot of times, they're just people that are carrying around a lot of debt. It's true. Here's, yeah. another, here's another thing, Dawn, that most people are under the illusion that life is easy and things should just happen because, oh, right. I, I think of it. I read that book, The Secret. I, I thought right, it, right. and it just happened. <laughs> they don't you see... Need action. Exactly. You, yeah. can, you can think all you want. Yeah. You can plan and write stuff on paper all you want, yeah. but if you don't get your butt off the seat and do the, the work, the action, right. it's never going to happen. 100%. And unfortunately, people get wax rich on selling the concept of, hey, sent for, for $1.99, I'm going to show right. you how to be successful yeah. without having to do anything. It's right. like that old joke, hey... Yeah. If you if you send me fifty bucks for this book, I'll show you how to get other people to send you fifty bucks for this book. Right. Right. And that's the reality. Sense. But your your perception is different because again, eleven years ago, they were telling you to get your affairs in order. Yes. And your Which I did. I auctioned my furniture. You, oh my god. <laughs> and then I was left with nothing and here I am all these years later. <laughs> I want you to yeah. I'm not trying to be cute because that's impossible. Um <laughs> But how do you really get up every day and really have this mindset that you have? Yeah. You have to fall in love with the unknown. And you have to believe that you're here for a purpose. Like, I truly believe that God left me here for a reason. And ever since I, you know, hosted these events and every woman that I've met since then yeah. and the doors that have opened, I just recently spoke at an event called Vibration 432. And, you know, that was, again, another event. It was a wellness expo. So I will go wherever I'm called if okay. I can be of service and help. So for me, it's not waking up counting all the things that I don't have in my life. It's about waking up and being, first of all, grateful that God gave me one more day. And secondly, it's about realizing that if I am here, I'm here to help someone else because it's not about me. I'm here for something much bigger than me. What did Jesus say to you when you had that moment? When nothing. You, he just Actually, looked nothing. at you he and you spoke to me. him. And it's funny because you grow up with this perception because you see what God looks like, or not God, but Jesus, you know, and all the yeah. pictures, especially the Catholic family. Yeah, right. And um, Did he look different? Very different. Oh, my God. Yeah, like he didn't have the straggly hair. Oh, my God. Uh, what he, did he look like? Have you seen The Chosen? Um, I don't know if I have, no. Okay, it's the series that was on Amazon and Netflix, and it, he actually looked more like the actor who played Jesus in that. I want to share with you this one potential client. We haven't uh, uh, finalized any deals. Mm -hmm. But this is a guy who's very wealthy. He has uh, car dealerships. Mm -hmm. He has uh, some other businesses I don't want to say on my show. Mm -hmm. And he had an epiphany where he went under. He lost consciousness mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. For like a while. Yeah. And he saw Jesus. And then when he woke up, his life changed. And he's and and when, that's exactly when how he it was. it was introduced to me by a friend, 
He said, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. I go, yeah, I, I do, but this is before you told me the story. So he was totally serious about it, and his life has changed. And I'm like, wow, yeah. I'd like to get on conscience and have one of these episodes. <laughs> but because... you can, though. You can, though. <laughs> Every day you have a chance. You know how well, you no, get there? I, how? Meditation. I do believe in meditation. Meditation. I, I did forget to give you my book. I'm working on a second book. And okay. I do believe why I was so excited about having you as a guest today uh, Desiree did warn me that uh, you weren't tough to look at, so she's right. <laughs> but I was so amazed at the story she was telling me about what you came, you know, what you went through, yeah. how you still, you know, you didn't, oh, poor me, none of that stuff. Yeah. You lit, like, you know how rare a person you are? Most people would have just thrown in the towel. But you said you were like that before this ailment. I was, and I think it's just because when you come from a very strong family, we call, okay. my, we call my mother Mama Bear for a reason. Okay. My grandfather was extremely strict. He was a military grandfather. Oh, so boy, yeah. When you grow up, um, you know, Steven Pinker came out with a book called um, How the Mind Works. And in the book, he talks about how 95% of your hormones in your brain are created and cultivated by your environment. And I 100% believe that. And if you're having that environment from ages zero to seven, that's going to actually shape you for the rest of your life. I believe that. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of minority households that they want to blame external factors. But when you do the research, yes. they had a big grew up with a broken home. Yes. Well, HUD, he actually talks about that. He uses Harvard, did a yeah. study about HUD. And he said, you can't actually blame the children in HUD. Everybody looks at them and thinks, oh, these kids don't want better for themselves. No, they... Um, in fact, it's hormones that have literally been created. There's a long name for it. I won't get into it, but it's a contentment hormone. Okay. That is literally released. And it's, a, uh, it's something that to them, if they've seen their grandmother do it or their father do it, they're like, well, there's nothing wrong with this because I'm content and this is how I this is how But these lives. are old values, like values of mm -hmm. discipline. Yep. Uh, John Lennon used to have a quote that people made fun of, like, what's the purpose of life? And he said, uh, to be happy. And the teacher said, no, you don't understand the assignment. And he said, no, you don't understand life. Yeah. <laughs> that is the purpose, to be life, right. to be happy. To have a life of service, because right. if you're waking up every day, and you said something, it's true, I need to also be more gracious for yeah. what I have, not what I don't have. And right. I think... I keep a prayer gratitude journal. Yeah, I, I think what it is, is in business and a lot of things, if you're, I guess, a, an A personality, you're always striving to go higher and higher. Sure. Like, I, I went through a few... Tony Robbins uh, workshops, and I have I, I have a lot to get of. I to one of his, but I would love to. Uh, I went there one time back. Uh, gosh, I'm good, probably about 20 years ago. Okay. And he woke me up after three and a half hours of sleep because I performed the night before, <laughs> and uh, there was no sitting down. He woke yeah. me up and just changed everything. But my whole point is, we're always striving to improve and do mm -hmm. better that we forget, hey, how about right here, right now, what right. you have, right. are you really living in the moment? Right. Or are you anxious about the future? Or even worse, are you still dreading the past? Right. That rear view mirror where you're not there anymore. Right. So I, I said to you in the office that um, I've abstained for, I guess it's, I don't even know, I don't have a calendar because it's not that important, but it's, a, it's been about two months. And people wondering, and I feel pretty good about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm focusing on being more relaxed, more calm, because I also believe that the calmer you are in life, the easier it is to make tough decisions. 100%. And I always say flip the script. Like when I work with women that are struggling in their business, yeah. I tell them, okay, say the sentence to me how you feel it, which is always angry. And then I say, okay, now can I say it back to you how I would flip that script? And then when I say it back to them, so for example, if they're like, oh my God, you know, the truck broke down again, then I yeah. turn around and I say? flip the script and I say to them, but aren't I so fortunate that I've got the money in the bank from the business to be able to take care of the truck? So in other words, in, because if you keep stacking up all of those instances that are going wrong, as Law of Attraction says, if you follow people like Abraham Hicks, um, you're now bringing that into your awareness because you're creating that yourself. Do you ever get angry? Believe me, there were many times. I mean, I lost my dad um, very shortly after I was diagnosed. So I lost um, my dad 10 years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. So around the same time, we lost our dads. Yeah. He was 61 to a massive heart attack. (sighs) My dad, he was... uh, So believe me, I've been angry. (laughs) No, I mean like... Yeah, so... But that was the last time you can remember. You went all the way back then. But since then, you don't really get angry? No. No kidding? No, but I think it's because I live a very disciplined lifestyle. So it's to me, it's about having the tools. Nobody goes out and buys a home. There are many steps to buying that home. And even when you get in the home, there are many steps to designing that home. I'm gonna, but yeah, we want to wake up in the morning <laughs> and just like somehow walk I, around and I think told like everything's going to come to us. I told you, people so just want to just think it and it happens exactly, and there's no yes. work. I'm going to guess that you don't really watch a lot of TV. Not a lot of television. Okay. No, no more so, reading, documentaries, I've, I've, movies. I've noted this in my book and the second one. I think the problem is uh, too many people, it's a full-time job. They watch six to seven hours of TV every day. Right. Yeah. And they get programmed. And they don't work yeah, on they their... they don't even realize it. They don't realize it. Yeah. They're not working on their goals. Yeah. Wow, how come I can't get ahead? Well, if you didn't watch 40 <laughs> hours of TV every week, right. you might have time to get out a sheet of paper and start writing down some of your goals. Yeah, I don't want to do that. That's, that's work. Right. I, I, and that, you just said it right there. That's what it boils down to. When people will email me, <laughs> the first thing I say to them is, you have to understand, you're asking me to give you, like, the book, the booklet. But I always say to them, are you ready? Because this is not a fad. This is a lifestyle. And there are many women that will be like, you know what? Yeah, I won't commit. And I worked with a woman for three months. At least they're being transparent with you. Well, they aren't until about three months in because I often will say, I'm not your life coach. God's your life coach. I'm your accountability partner. And there are going to be points where you're going to be cussing me out. But if you want to be a stronger woman, <laughs> you'll be stronger for our visits. <laughs> I'll let you cuss me out if it helps me get to the next level. I, I just, uh, you have to have a desire and know that it takes work yeah. and effort. Let me ask you, we didn't talk about it, but do you, do you follow a particular diet? A hundred percent. I actually do a lot of biohacking. So what the heck is that? Yes, <laughs> people aren't familiar with it. <laughs> is that when someone I taps you in the back and you? <laughs> yeah, this is based on a lot of research. But um, for me, this particular illness, I struggled a lot with brain fog, and that's because a lot of the things that you're putting in your body are releasing a lot of different hormones that are causing a lot of inflammation in your body. So I don't do sugars, and a lot of these things were not easy for me to get rid of. Sugar is in everything. You everything. can't and it's it, difficult. It took me 5 years of my mother telling me no sugar because for uh, me one uh, of the things my my dad and I did as a ritual while I was sick was coffee and one of those big Texas toast things with the icing. Yes. So for me I think it was partly that I was giving a part of him up. I make my cafe bustello in the morning. Yeah, that see, it gets me going to the gym. Just love. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately real sugar is yes. what goes with that Bustelo, unfortunately, know, but the rest of the day. So you don't. Okay, you don't really eat much gluten at all, right? I don't do any gluten. So for me in the morning, I do six and a half miles twice a day. So I do that in the morning first thing, and the only thing that I drink. I'm sponsored by the Navy SEALs out of Hawaii, and they have a drink. Uh, it's the Naked Warrior Recovery, and okay. it's their super greens. And I just made a post on my Instagram that Tony Robbins, who just had his fifth baby at 61 literally commissioned doctors to come up with a greens drink, a product that he could take every day. So he passed it on. He sells it for $90. I think it's $87 in shipping. These guys, these former Navy SEAL guys that have been doing this for 20 some years, they came out, same exact ingredients. Really? You can buy it on Amazon for $30. So, so no gluten, no sugar. Right. You don't. And a green you don't drink really. It's huge. You, you don't really drink alcohol. You don't. You don't very do alcohol. Rarely, very rarely. What about? Uh, and I do one and a half meals a day. Let's see how blasphemous. One and a half. That's yeah. it. So just I'll have like something light when I come back. Okay. You know, like uh, it might even be a probiotic yogurt when I'm on the six and a half mile walk. And then when I come back, I might have something really light, like some gluten-free biscuits. But then I don't really eat anything until my dinner. So I'll eat maybe at like 5 o'clock. And then I do like a hearty meal. And I love everything. Like I couldn't take the iron You pills. still eat arroz con gandules? <laughs> I'm actually not a fan of a lot of Spanish food. Like, <laughs> I don't like bacalao. I don't, yeah, I don't like yeah, the bacalao like, either. That whole um, fried stuff that the they do. I do miss 
I do miss the blatanos. Blatanos, okay. Sugar and blatanos. But I ain't, I ain't down with like mosilla and all that crazy yeah. stuff they like to eat in El Campo. Yeah. I do like a good paella though every once in a while. Good paella. So you um, do eat rice. Um, but every not once much. in a while. Not not too much. I mean, um, yeah, very Jeez. limited. You know what's what's interesting is you have this ailment, uh, ailment and you would think that you need to rest more, but actually you do more exercise, exercise physical 100%. exercise, 100%. which people need to know that. That's another thing that I like to preach to yes. them, that you have Especially to be active. Especially if you have arthritis and stuff. I mean, mine's you have a, to be active. You know, yes. I mean, not to cut you off, but my illness is a connective tissue illness, which is very similar to people with lupus, fibromyalgia, arthritis, all that kind of stuff. And when they say to me, well, I'm in too much pain to do the walking, I'm like, that's exactly why you have that's to walk. That's why you have to. You have to walk through the pain. I had to wear a belt for two years because I had fallen. So did it look pretty? Did I want to do it? No. Did I do it? Yes. So you, know? you, so only you do what you have to do. One and a half meals a day. Yeah. You have the super green. Do you take vitamins? I do that two a day. I am huge on the supplements. Yes. Okay. And you have to be very, very careful about the supplements that you get. Do your research because Tony Robbins actually did do a, a study on, I forget, maybe 40 supplements. And out of those 40, Literally, I would say probably 25-30% of them didn't even have the ingredients anymore because they said the way they're processed, Marketing, packaged, yeah. Uh, well, no, the ingredients just died. Just died. Because the way they have to preserve them to be able mm. to stay on the shelves. So for me, that's where I spend my money is on, you know, really, really good. Like if you're going to spend your money, spend it on that. And stay away from whey protein, women. I know you don't want to hear that. Men do that because that's where the concentration of the protein is that's also where the lactose is in the top part of the but i've got to watch those proteins because i'm trying to lose weight not right. gain weight and i'm not i don't but they go cause to, a ton of mucus in your body I do, you know some of these guys at the gym who slam the weights and grunt and groan i right. i'm <laughs> i'm not looking to get bigger i'm i'm, I'm yeah. looking to get more defined and and feel yeah. better and yeah and so get do up. your green drinks i do take uh some nice green supplement vitamins i know you wanted to talk money which uh, oh, we're yes, gonna I did. just a little bit yeah. uh, as we get to know each other and and yeah. really i i really am enjoying speaking with you because of your mindset and everything that you've done yeah but i certainly want to look at your financial situation help you in any way that i can there but what specifically did you have well i'm actually okay um for myself personally okay. i'm okay um, because again, with a finance background, I made sure exactly. that, you know, that, the, and I always tell people, if you don't have a ton of money, that's fine, but make sure you, you put your money, you know, that asset allocation, like shoving it everywhere, because this way you don't have to worry that the market isn't going to be great. And I always tell people, just throw it into a 500 S&P. You know, if you're somebody that doesn't have a lot of money. That Correct, you because in indexes, places. that's right. Everyone's trying to beat the index. Yeah. Why not just invest in right. the index? Warren Buffett talks about that. Right. Well, here's one thing, though, that for me, I only dabbled in very slightly because of my situation. I don't like to do too many things that are risky, but I do have friends that get involved in the EFTs and the crypto. And I know we just had that big issue with the crypto. So where do you stand as a financial advisor? Like, what would you say to people that are looking to invest in that stuff? I've been quoted in a few articles on uh, cryptocurrency. And unfortunately, I was right. I love to be wrong, folks, because then I learned something. But the way I look at the crypto phenomenon is you, you can only invest stuff that you're willing to lose for the big payoff. Right, right. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put more than say five to ten percent if you're on the aggressive side right. because but i do believe it's here to stay though yes i don't think listen yeah because there, i mean when Walmart the banks went out of business five times when there. the <laughs> banks are set up for uh, being custodians and crypto absolutely right. cryptocurrency is not going away right. so now you're asking me a specific thing because a lot of what i do is I'm a distribution and retirement specialist. Okay. For people who want, don't people don't come to me because I'm going to make them 30, 40, 50% on their money. Okay. They come to me with their money and they say, Denny, I want this to last for the I rest of my so life. you're more conservative. Yeah, because I have partners that are on CNBC mm -hmm. every week. They do the picking. Right. So I, like you, I, I control their behaviors. Right. I tell them not to get emotional about the market. Like right now, the but way I always say, don't look at it. <laughs> they look at it more than I do. And yeah. actually, what this year has has created are a lot of opportunities right. for those investing for the next five to ten years. Right. I, and like for example, bonds which have been out of favor, be, rates have gone up so high. 
a lot of institutional monies are buying treasuries and bonds now because mm-hmm. once those rates start going the opposite direction, sure. they're going to make 50% on their money right. for the appreciation. Uh, folks, I'm not saying buy bonds now, so don't sue me and tell me that I told you. But my whole yeah. point is you mentioned a very important part, diversifying in different sectors, okay. allocating differently. And, you know, there are different buffering strategies that people can take advantage. Like you can right. get... ETFs with a 10 to 15% downside protection, and okay. maybe you can't get all of the upside, but you can still get 15 to 20%. It allows you to play in the game until yes. you earn some money. Yes. Instead of putting all the money into the investment. And make sure that you get this. I mean, because even um, the guy on the Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful, I mean, he lost tons. And, you Absolutely. Know, and he was actually on a live interview on TikTok, <laughs> and he was like, hey, it won't be my first bad investment. It won't be my last. Exactly. Um, but that even goes to show you that some of those billionaires even sometimes allow for other people to make the decisions and they don't do their due diligence. So for me, it's like, make sure that you're working with credible companies. And I like the ones, and I guess this is my finance in me, make sure that they're secured, you know, uh, by somebody. (laughs) That's not just a hat rack she has up there, folks. (laughs) This is a thriving, thinking human being here. But that's exactly right. If they didn't have this cell discipline that, hey, you know what? When I'm down 15%, I want you to pull the trigger. So if you're going to trade, and I use that term loosely because I am not a trader. I'm a a planner and I guide people on their goals because I'm also certified in Social Security claiming, Medicare. You're like a liaison. Yeah, people come to me and I say, listen, let's deal not just with your gains and losses, but the taxation and the fact that you could live 30, 35 years in retirement. And the fact that if you are not careful and you are down 30%, which could happen, the president can come up and say something crazy or this war in Ukraine could keep escalating. And then before you know it, it's moved. And then the worst thing is people say, well, now I can't do anything. Right. Well, one of the things I talked about at my event, too, was I had worked with a woman that was working with an accountant for seven years, and she was still losing money, thought she was going to have to stop the business. The accountant was investing for her? Um, No, the accountant was just helping her with the numbers. Got it. Okay. Okay. And I said, well, I'm I'm not a CPA. But she was like, please look at this. You know what I mean? She's like, you know, you've done okay. Just please look at this. And I did. And in a day and a half, because, you know, again, once I just get in those numbers, it's like I'm buried. So within a day and a half, I was not only able to find her where she had actually money. She didn't even realize that she had. I got her to sit there and kind of block the monies and the finances into putting them in different places to get some things paid off quicker. And I had said to her, have you ever actually spoken to a tax strategist? And she didn't even know what a tax strategist exactly. was. Exactly. And I said to her, I said, see, there you are a perfect candidate for why I'm going to talk about this at my event. Because exactly. Because a lot of business owners want to get so excited about getting into business. And f- as far as I'm concerned, use LegalZoom for $500 and let them do all the paperwork and record it where you spend your money. Because you're going to spend probably, I don't know, my tax strategist was maybe six, $700 a shot just to talk to. Mm-hmm. But that's the guy that's in the industry. That's going to figure out where you're going to be able to save money. Those capital gains you're going to be worried about later. Exactly. Like maybe you don't want to sell your building right now. Why don't you lease your building now? Because you're going to pay more on capital gains tax. I'm starting to ramble. But at any rate. I'm so liking my new partner the- here. <laughs> uh, no, because I do these work. These are the things that I talk about with women. I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. I do partner up with CPAs. Mm-hmm. And I use many tax mitigating strategies. For example, right. a lot of people want to sell their real estate, but they don't want to pay the tax bill. So right. we either offer them a 1031 exchange or an opportunity right. zone. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I'm surprised that. See, the CPAs and the true tax professionals, they're not $200. Exactly. That's not their fees. Because right. they save, you, they save you six <laughs> figures. Yeah. Like a lot of people, if you are self-employed and entrepreneur, you can do either a, a SEP or IRA or a yeah. defined benefit plan where you yeah. can put a lot more money. Why would you do that, folks? Yeah. Because you're paying yourself more than you pay IRS or Uncle Sam, which, by the way, I don't even know if – they solidified the 87,000 new agents that they're looking to hire from the IRS. I don't know. But um, 
that's the kind of work that I do. And absolutely, it's not what you make, but what you get to keep. And do we think tax rates go higher or lower from here? I'm going to guess that they're going to go higher, Higher. especially with the debt that we're getting. They have no choice. That's right. Someone has to start paying the bill. Yeah. So, yeah. so yes, I found my new <laughs> mentor partner, and um, um, I think we covered everything. <laughs> I think well, not everything, but enough for one podcast. We'll have a series of podcasts. You know, maybe we should uh, we should do a few more quarterly. This okay. way, you don't have to go to Boca or wherever it is. Yeah. I have the studio here, yeah. and we can work on it. But you I'm know happy what? To learn it was so so close. Yeah, I was great. I was happy about that too. Yeah. The I'm main, used to doing them on Zoom, so that's why you know. I like, you know I tried a few Zooms, but here's a couple yeah. of problems. Number one, the audio quality is terrible, yeah. and the visual is using a Zoom, so we look like the no, way I we agree. look. I agree. I mean, the studio in Boca was uh, similar to this; it had all right. the equipment, and it was yes. definitely. So yeah. I I did. Matter of fact, uh, I'm sorry I said no to him, but Kevin Sorbo mm-hmm. was going to be my guest, and he couldn't make it. And he said. Let's do a Zoom, and I go, yeah, Kevin, it's just not the same, like I yeah. told you. Yeah. Um, because I'm concerned about the quality, because I do, I I pay for a service, so we're going to post this on Spotify, Amazon, mm-hmm. Apple, all the major ones out there, and I don't want it to sound like a Zoom call. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. then, you know, we'll, we'll post a video. Well, I talk about that, too, at my women's events. You do? Yes, I talk about how you've got three seconds to make your impression. Or they're going to make it for you. Is that how it is? Yes. Jeez. So you have to come in with the right perception of what you're trying to convey. So my first question is, have you got 10 seconds? <laughs> and see if I can last the 10 seconds, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've enjoyed, I think the main takeaway that I hope people listening, not only that you're smart, you're, uh, you've been very successful, but your attitude and your uh, conviction of life is re- I mean, they should bottle it and sell it to the public, okay? <laughs> because it's not bullshit. And, and I love to speak to people like you who uh, remind me the true meaning of life is to yeah. appreciate what you have every day. 100%. Be- You're not guaranteed tomorrow. I mean, my father was, I mean, he was the poster child for what you thought would be healthy. He was boxing. He was living life. 30 years FedEx. He was cutting hair. He had a small little side business. I mean, he was everything, you know, and just like that, 11 in the morning, I'm saying, I love you, Pop. And then by 11 at night, he's gone. So, you know. Did he not go to the doctors? Did he have checkups? He actually had a heart attack three years prior to that. Okay. Um, and I was actually snowboarding. <laughs> Talk about planes, trains, and automobiles. I was actually snowboarding on a black diamond. I'll never forget it. And uh, and I, I got a radio call, um, you know, the people that come on the things. And um, we were told to go down. So now I'm, like, flying down the mountain and uh and flew home and he made it through thank god but here's the takeaway that i learned from him which is why i think i'm still here now when he got through that heart attack he was doing everything the same he was still boxing he was still enjoying life he was still dancing he was still eating and i said to him but pop they everything you're doing the doctors have all told you don't do and he said to me he goes kid what am I going to do? That, that's not living. But did he not have a good diet? Um, you know, my pop tried, but being Latin, <laughs> he did love his food, and, but he did try. He tried all the supplements. I think the supplements were how he supplemented for the bad habits <laughs> of the bad food. I and think, the you know, and, you know what I mean? That here's kind of the other and thing. The boxing and, I think the know. problem with the Western diet is our portions. We just oh, eat too much. 100%, like you just said, yeah. you eat, you have a, a meal and a half. Yes, how many, are like, how how many females would say, oh, yeah, I just eat one and a half times a day? Okay, well, this is South Florida, so <laughs> <laughs> what? there could Even be more. The, there, there's probably yeah? a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is in this area, especially. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> well, I, I'm not real unless I'm playing it. I don't really go out much. You know, yeah. I have I have my place in the, in the Heights in Jupiter, and yeah. I live with my dog. <laughs> and uh, so unless I'm like tonight, I'm going to go down to Boca to catch my friend. I told you. Yeah. Very inspirational. Him and his wife have been ravaged from cancer. Yeah. And let me tell you, when you talk to them, they don't have the poor me attitude. Yeah, 
you can't. And I'm like, holy crap, what? Yeah. You know, you want to slap yourself in the head. But I guess that's what keeps them going. Well, it takes that whole, that little book series, you know, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. I love that from Dr. Carlson. Yeah. That was one of my, that's one of my favorite books. That was one of my pop-up's favorite books. Yeah. But it's so true. And look, he died of a heart attack early on Mm -hmm. as well. And his wife was so upset of how fair life is. And in one of his chapters, he talks about life's a bummer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I love the, you know, one of the takeaways I loved in his book, he says, Hey, the phone's for your... Con- don't go running because you hear yeah. the phone ringing. Like, ah! Yeah, exactly. And when you die, your inbox will still be full. Yes, yes. And, and what my dad said, I think, is important, too, because for him, he was like, if that was already my first, you know, death, whatever, because my father actually um, was almost pronounced dead. He was <sighs> 45... I forget how long he was, he was under, 45 minutes or something, where they couldn't believe that he had no brain damage. And that happened, and I was just diagnosed maybe not even a year later. So I used to joke that, well, Pop, that's why you had to make it through that heart attack to be here for me. Oh, and boy. then he passed a year and a half after I was diagnosed. So it was almost like he just wanted to make sure that I was taken care of a little bit longer. But he said to me, you know, you want to make sure that you grasp everything this life has to offer. So if I'm going to go out, I'll go out knowing that I did it. <laughs> now I'm going to sound like Frank Sinatra, but knowing I did it my way. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> and he did. He ended up. Um, oh, my you know, God. He, I, he ended I, up going <laughs> his way. <laughs> well, because. Uh, that was one of my dad's favorite songs, and I uh, had performed it on his passing. And I'll never forget. I, I only I started singing that because you saw the pictures. I'm a rock yeah. and roll blues guy, yeah. but um, with, the, with the big hair and all. Yeah, the hair, <laughs> the <80s> right? Hair. <laughs> and uh, my dad would see Sinatra uh, in New York in the '50s. He was a, yeah. a bellhop at the Warwick. So when he's going through his cancer treatment in the hospital, we were talking music someday, yeah. and and I said, hey, Pop, you know, who did you like? He goes, oh, I think Sinatra was the best. I went, really? So for Father's Day, because, man, you know, I don't know, I don't know what's worse, losing your parent quickly that you can't have any final, dis, you know, discussions yeah. or watching them suffer like I did with my dad. I think losing them quickly. Probably, because we did have the discussion. In other words, when my dad passed away, there were no unspoken conversations. Yeah. And because I was, I was so, um, I was, I, I'm losing my, I don't want to get emotional, but I said, I am not going to waste this time. In fact, I went there a lot for his treatments, and the doctor was like, hey, you were just here. Don't you run a business? I go, listen, pal, yeah. I'm never going to get this time back. And he goes, oh, 100%. oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. So we were talking, and and for a Father's Day, and I'm, I'm I'm I don't want to get emotional, but I went home and I never sang this stuff before, and I just learned it and recorded it, and then I played it for him, and uh, he just he like lost it. He got real quiet and mm-hmm. said, "Son, this is your calling. This is what you should be doing." And I remember him saying, "Music, yeah," because you know I had the hair and everything. Pop, I'm in Iron Butterfly. Man, you wouldn't believe this band. And I played with Three Dog Night. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Mm -hmm. But I sang that stuff. And he said, oh, my God. And since then, I've been singing it because I do like it. I I hate to say Sinatra music because immediately they start to, oh, we've had plenty. We've had plenty of Sinatra singers. We don't need another one, pal. And then I I sing. I have a very good friend, Stevie D, that does a lot of Frank Sinatra. Do you know Stevie D? I don't think I do. Okay. But then when I sing, they go, oh, that sounded good. I go, well, yeah, no one sounds like Frank. Right. I mean. You have your own twist. I mean, Michael Buble often was told he sounded like Frank Sinatra. But to me, he sounds very, I think it's more, it's that era. The era of the music, music. yes. Which I had never. I never sang it. it before, and since then, I love to do it. I love rock and blues. I think in a perfect situation, I do a little bit of, of all of it. Sinatra, to Santana, to blues, to right. rock, Did you do the disco Motown. also? I'm not going to lie. I love the disco when it came out because <laughs> I snuck in. Uh, I was underage. Uh-oh. Did you like before? <laughs> no, I didn't go there. But I thought the music was exciting and different, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you would dance to it. Right. But I don't really, I do classic Mike Motown R&B, okay. 
that kind of stuff, you know, Temptations. Yeah. My dad loved that kind of stuff. Yeah. So music is, is a wonderful gift that God has given me. I just have never figured out how to make a living at it. Yeah. So I think if I were to dream, I would make a living doing music and lecturing. But have you ever thought of hosting your own concert? I have. And then trying to just sell tickets, starting small, then I, trying to sell tickets. I just more. met this new, energetic, unbelievable person that's going to help <laughs> me with a couple of projects I have in my mind, in my business, in my personal life. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying because when I told, uh, you know, my family that I was looking to do this women empowerment event yeah. and my mother's like, where do you and your brother get this from? Because I'm not a speaker. And I said, you know what, mom, I don't care if five women show. Well, that's I good. I just need to do it. So you and don't get think about you don't think about the end game. You just want to. You wanna... can't because that will get your because then you're thinking with your ego. And once yeah. you start thinking about your ego, you start thinking about how other people are going to view you. That's when you get stage fright. What you have to do is you have to say to yourself, "This isn't about me. I'm giving myself. I'm giving a value that's going to give to other people." But that's how I Make think. Smile, All right. We're going to keep humble. this going. Yeah, and then you just be humble and say, yeah. okay, I might mess up today. So there, it's out. But and I mess up know. every day. I'm already used exactly, to that. Exactly, exactly. But that's how I <laughs> teach women how to put themselves out there more. Like I just recently helped a woman trying to be yeah. a team leader. And she's like, I'm supposed to be a team leader and I can't stand up and talk like you. And I gave her a couple of pointers. And one of the pointers I said was, I want you to do this the next time you talk. I want you to stand up and actually say to them, I'm absolutely terrified. I'm probably going to mess up. I hope you love me anyway. She's like, let me write that down. I said, because if you do that, you've now put it out there that you're not better than anybody else. It's just that maybe your skill level is, which is why they entrusted you in the first place. Let your knowledge give you that confidence. And your so sincerity you and your compassion. Which she does when she stands up and says, right. I'm absolutely terrified. And I, I, I think, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't, I don't consider myself the most gifted speaker, but I certainly am genuine and sincere at it. Yeah. And I think that's what the, the, the people listening to me, they, they pick up on that. Yeah. And I try and make fun of myself. And oh, I mean, a lot of times, humor. A matter of fact, a lot of, a lot of the, speak, uh, uh, the, the speaking engagements that I have done, I'll put one of these funny pictures and say, hey, before I did this, let me show you something. And the room. I love it. Yes. Oh, always cracks up and yeah. laughs and goes, that yeah. was your hair? <laughs> no, what's actually funny about that is, don't you remember that commercial that was out? Where Which they, one? The commercial about the Financial Institute, and they put the guy that was oh, no, like I a rocker. I didn't see that. That was did, me. And they, they threw him in a tie, <laughs> in a suit, and they put this couple down, and, they, and the whole joke and was, yeah. would you actually do this with somebody? And here you're living proof. You can't I have do that done rocker it. that's done. I have done it. And they've, yeah. and, and so mostly, you debunked their commercial. Well, mostly <laughs> because I want them to laugh, and I want to yeah. uh, put the humanistic... Uh, uh, yeah. spin on it because I think again as we we discussed is people like to know that you do different things yes, and are interesting because I think ultimately in any business people have to like you they have yeah. to relate to you and they have to be able to trust you yeah. so one way of earning trust is to show how much of a natural goofball you are in life yes, to 100%. say hey this guy's not perfect I think I can trust him and you know he's like me Yes. Uh, you know, like Jesus didn't find perfect people in the Bible. He found flawed 100%. people 100%. And, and made it work. Yeah. So I, if anybody hasn't seen The Chosen, you need to go watch that series. It's amazing. And that's how Jesus looks, closer to that guy. Yes. yes. Okay, now I know I'm going to have to watch TV now. Is it on <laughs> regular series. cable? or It's on uh, Amazon Prime right now. I have Amazon Prime. Yeah, and it's in its second season, so you're at a good time to catch up. All right, so I'll look in there and uh, I'll see if he'll come to me during my sleeping episodes. So, any parting shots before I let you go? No, I think I think we covered it all. For now, folks, stay <laughs> tuned. I could have my new co-host here. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. I, I hope I'm that people will listen to your inspirational story, and that's just not a cock and bull. Um, I'm going to share it when I see Mark and Karen tonight that, hey, I met someone who overcame adversity like you. And they'll be like, really? Who? And I'll <laughs> tell them the story. Um, but I think this is much better than polarization, rhetoric, and all the other crap that people tune into yes. on a seven, eight hour basis You have every enough day. things to feed the negativity in your brain. 
kind of, <laughs> sort of. So thank you so very much. I know we're going to speak after the podcast, and I hope to get you again. And if you want to interview me, I can always, you know, make things up as we go. Exactly. Thanks again for listening, folks, to great Don Vasquez on the Denny Artachi Show, and I hope to see you soon. And I think my producer is saying, all right already, huh? (laughs) I know. I saw him come by a couple of times. (laughs) I think we might have gone over by five minutes. Uh, By five, yes. Just five. (laughs) 